Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Caitlin. Uh, if you're following this podcast on Twitter uh, and you're following kind of the Dark Souls community that Bonfireside Chat, Twin Humanities, and this podcast has created for itself, you probably know Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin is a extremely fun person. She loves the Souls games, and uh, I've been after her for a while to come on the show and tell her Soul story, and I finally worked out the timing to do it. So, without further ado, enjoy the episode. So what um let, let's let's start at the very beginning. Like tell me how you first came across the series and uh why you chose to play whichever first game that you decided to play. Shit. Um my first game was Dark Souls One. Mm-hmm. Uh I believe it was on the year it was released or was it released early or late that year. I think it was about six months after it though. Yeah, it was um, released like late twenty eleven. Uh and then Okay, so it was like mid mid to early twenty twelve, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, up until that point, I didn't actually play that many RPG games uh, or anything of that genre. My experience was pretty much Fable, Fable 2. Um, I didn't like, at the time, don't kill me, but I didn't like Bioshock. I didn't like <laughs> Fallout. Still not the biggest fan of Fallout, but that's different. Um, yeah, I mostly just played had my Xbox for like Halo, stuff like that. Okay. I was really big in Halo when I was uh, young, so. <clears throat> don't feel bad. I don't. I don't particularly like Fallout either. Like I played the like old school games when I was a kid growing up, but the any of the three D stuff has just left me cold. I, I just can't. I love. I love the. I love the story and I love the elements, but I just the combat just throws me off. It's just you either use the vats and it's cheap, or you don't use it at all and you struggle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I there's something about those. Um, and I have this issue with XCOM as well, where like you see a chance and it's like 99% and it misses. And I'm like, well, I mean, I know it's 99, but I'm literally standing on top of this dude with my gun pointed to his head. <laughs> like, what are we, what are we talking about? The barrel is in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what made um, you uh, pick up Dark Souls though? Yeah, uh, I was trying to think. Uh, I, I think it was my work colleagues actually. Um, just a couple of friends I had at work. Um, talking about this game, and they're like, I remember one of my friends saying, it was making fun of another friend because he had spent four hours on the game and still hadn't left Firelink Shrine. <laughs> okay. It's basically the context that I only got half of at the time. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Because, you know, I'd try to be like, oh, yeah, I'm a hardcore gamer. I'm, I'm good at games. You must be really bad. Ha, 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 ha. This was pre-Dark Souls, so... <laughs> you can imagine my avarice. <laughs> the, the fall was the fall was far. Of I course. went way too close to the sun, and my fall <laughs> was tragic. Um, Look, we're yeah, not we're not on so Dark Souls three yet. We're still in Dark Souls one. <laughs> um, so yeah, it turns out my friend had spent four hours trying to get through the graveyard off the bat. Um. Didn't even realize there was an up ramp to Undead Berg. And yeah, and so that everyone was making fun of him. And so I'm like, what's this game you're talking about? And they're all like, oh, you know, it's, it's Dark Souls. This is new game. It's kind of niche. It's got a weird control system. It's a bit weird. It's one of the Japanese games. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool. 
and at the time I had just played started playing Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was like, well, this is kind of cool. This is my first, uh, like, Morrowind, Oblivion, Elder Scrolls, that's the word. Uh, my first Elder Scrolls game. And I was like, you know what, That's that kind of sounds interesting. And I went to, and they're like, this co-op. They explained that it was a weird co-op and you had to find each other and stuff. I'm like, well, that sounds interesting. So I picked it up. I picked up that game and another game at the same time. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was something silly like, what was that JRPG? Catherine? I think it was Catherine. Oh, the the moving blocks I, thing? Yeah, the moving blocks puzzle mm-hmm. thing. So I picked up Catherine and Dark Souls at the same time. And I also had Skyrim was new. So I, I ended up playing all those other games before Dark Souls. Um, <clears throat> and my, my housemate at the time. So at the time, I had a setup and I had my I had Skyrim on my computer. And then I had like a, a shelf above my computer. I had this huge desk and I had my TV on top of it. So I had screen above screen. And my housemate's like, oh, I've heard about that Dark Souls. Can I play it? I'm like, yeah, no worries. Go for it. I hadn't touched it at this point. And so I was kind of playing Skyrim. I kind of watching him die again and again, having a laugh. I'm like, you're really bad at games, huh? Like, jeez, <laughs> oh, dude. Come on. <laughs> I cannot Maybe wait for you to start playing this. <laughs> yeah. I think that was his feelings as well. Um is at the point uh, when he kept playing, I was playing Skyrim still, which is, if you know me now, like that's the most ridiculous statement ever. Me playing Skyrim, oof, like I hate that game so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time it was and, new uh, and literally like everybody was playing it, it. So, like open world, wow, there's so many things I can do. Yeah, okay, sure, Caitlin. And uh, and yeah, so <clears throat> I remember this one event. He was up to ceaseless discharge because he played it a bit. I wasn't paying attention to much of it. Uh, and, yeah, he was up to ceaseless discharge, and I was watching him, and he was sitting. He got killed straight away, and I'm like, wow, you're really bad at this game. Ha, 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 I'm so funny. <laughs> shit talk, you know, Caitlin's classic shit talk. And, turn, and then he tried again and again and again, and he kept dying. And so he ran over to... Uh, like that little alcove. This is my, my biggest memory of him playing this game. He ran into the alcove, and then he just started laying arrow after arrow after arrow after arrow after arrow. And I stopped paying attention. I'm like, you're boring. I'm not watching this. I went back to my game. 20 minutes later, he's still alive. He's put in, I think, 460 arrows into it at this point. <laughs> and I'm like... What are you doing? Why can't? Why are you shooting like a thousand arrows into it? This, mind you, he spent like hours farming the souls for these arrows, mm-hmm. and then yeah, jeez. So yeah, it was, and eventually, I think he had three arrows left when he killed it. And I was just like, "What is this ridiculous game?" Now I'm interested. Like I bought it. I was obviously interested, mm-hmm. but come on, seven hundred or so arrows. Like this, this is interesting. Okay, I'll play it. That's um, that's that's kind of fascinating to me because that's probably the most boring thing that you could do in Dark Souls. Like to to go ahead mm. and just like tease and a, a boss like that, or like because you can do that with Manus as well, right? Like you can just like shoot him out of the arena a, a zillion times until he's almost dead. Yeah, and, I've, I have uh, done that before. <laughs> so, so I'm curious, like, what about that? Was like that? Okay, this is the thing that's going to get me to play Dark Souls as opposed to. Like, I think the fact it was he was so scared of the game. But that's what it forced him to do. Ah, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. And I was like, why are you so scared of everything in this game? 
And at first it was like, you know, you're really bad at games. And then it was like, well, hang on, what's going on? So anyway, I gave it a shot. Um, yeah, it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> I too spent two hours trying to get through the skeletons. Um, knowing there was another path, I remembered what my friends were talking about. And I'm like, I can't find any path. I went down. Ghosts couldn't hit the ghost. I'm like, well, that's obviously wrong. I'm not spending any time on that bullshit. <laughs> Graveyard, like, uh, I, I killed a couple of skeletons, and I'm like, you know what? This just requires patience and a bit of forethought. This is easy. I'm getting into the groove. I managed to kill three skeletons every time, and then I actually was making decent progress, slow, but decent progress. And then the giant skeleton spawns, the one that guards the Zweihander. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and that just squished me. And I'm like, no, I'm definitely doing this wrong. It's definitely... I, th- I think I spent 20 minutes running around in circles in Firelink Shrine, and I didn't even see the hill. Somehow, I didn't see the hill. But I think I'd gotten so close to them at some point that I, I started hearing explosions. So I'd obviously aggroed the one with fireballs. And, yeah. And so I'm like, oh, fuck, how did I miss that? Yeah, it's a real, it's a real like um, eye-opening thing when you're finally like, oh yeah, of course this is where I'm supposed to go. I can actually kill these monsters, and they don't like immediately kill me if I if I'm just a little bit careful. Yep, pretty much. What was um, it like getting used to the the con- the weird control scheme? Because you mentioned that earlier, and especially coming from like action kind of games and Skyrim and Fables, where the it took me a little while. Um, I think like a lot of people, I didn't quite understand. Like, the whole blocking parrying thing. I know I tried to parry all normal attacks, um, thinking that was my block button. And and that didn't go well. Um, I just died again and again, so I was like, well, this isn't right. Um, but after I kind of got the hang of it, like, I explained it to people like it was a left-hand, right-hand kind of thing. And I'm like, well, this this is really intuitive. This makes sense. I'm like, once I get used to this, I'm sure this will be great. And and it is. Once you figure it out, it's very intuitive. Because you got your left side of the control for one hand your right side of the control for the other hand, like your character's hands. And it just makes a lot of sense. Uh, at that point, I think you could... In Dark Souls 1, you could be a left-handed character, I believe. Mm-hmm. Or is that not Dark Souls 2 they did that? Dark Souls 1, you, you can. They just limit your moveset. Um, mm. So, like, in Dark Souls 2, it's, it's you could be a true left-handed person. But, like, in Dark Souls 1, you can do it. Ah, oh, that's right. Okay. I think I did try to be left-handed at one point, just because I'm like, well, I like Zelda games, I'll be like Zelda. <laughs> of course. Trigger, trigger alert for everyone out there. <laughs> That's how I know that you were spending a lot of time in Dark Souls, because you were doing dumb stuff like, let me try to be left-handed in this game. <laughs> so yeah, at some point, this game must have, must have really clicked for you. Pretty much. I think, I don't know, I spent a lot of time on the Capra Demon. Um, it's not good. Um, I think my first... Real moment where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of into this game was actually very early when the the Hellkite Dragon comes down the first time in Undead Berg. Mm-hmm. And I literally, my of course, my housemate who had been playing before and I'd been mocking was there. And I literally got so frightened that I, I fell back in my chair and my control went flying. It went in the air like a solid meter, meter and a half. <laughs> And it dropped on the floor, and I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I just, I, I, I walked away. Cause it, something so mundane to scare the absolute shit out of me. I mean, a dragon coming down and slamming into the bridge, like, in front of you is not necessarily mundane, in my mind. I think that's a, that's a worthwhile jump scare for you. 
No, but I think I was... I think that's when I realized I was hooked. That was the moment that you were like, this game is going to have, like, weird stuff in it, and I'm excited for it. I I think so. I think that might be it. It's it's hard to remember. I, I ever, like... I bought the game on the 360 first. Yeah, yeah. And and I think I had 500 hours sunk into it on that platform alone. Nice. So it is hard to remember the early days, but I do remember struggling a lot with Undead Berg, that one bridge with a fair firebombing you. Mm-hmm. And I think that first room, I think I spent a long, longer there than I spent in any other game. I spent, uh, I want to say I, I, it was about six hours for me before I beat the Taurus Demon the first time. Just before I figured out, like, okay, I can get through these guys, or because I wasn't even running, like, I, I didn't never even occurred to me to run past enemies. I was like, of course, I can't run past these enemies. I have to kill them every single time. So, like, you know, and lo- constantly losing souls because I wouldn't get very far or make a dumb mistake or, or whatever. Like, it's it's interesting now because when I go back, I've, and obviously you're the, probably the same way, right? Like, it's five minutes maybe <laughs> to get through yeah. that area and it's just ridiculous you're like how did i spend so much time on the in this area i'm pretty sure these days my my classic run goes spawn as a cleric because i usually go dex i definitely am preferred to go dex builds um so go as a cleric run through undead but uh the unsized island don't kill anything kill the boss go to lordran and then i go straight down to get the firekeeper cell and I go back up through the Master Key Gate, past the dragon, grab the Astora Straight Sword, keep running, don't die, past all their little wyverns, into the forest, uh, grab the Grass Crest Shield, probably parry the Black Knight uh, off the edge, depending on how I'm feeling. Depends on what I'm trying to do. Run through, unlock the, the Blacksmith shortcut, like in the church, um, and stop. Actually, before I... I, I jump on the church elevator, jump back, and go and stop the like that that pig gate, like the that first yeah. time you approach there, mm-hmm. the guy goes and close it. I let him go close it, and then I kill him and I open it, and then that's it. And then I go back to the start, and I think that takes maybe eight minutes, and I'm pretty much. <laughs> it's funny to me that Dark Souls is one of those games that you just naturally just from playing it so much, I guess, or just from liking it so much, you just naturally like create a map of it in your head. Um, Cause I'm the same way. And, and it's come up on the podcast before with people where like, I had one guy tell me like, if he was like, it, you know, if he was in prison, he would could just like entertain himself by closing his eyes and playing dark souls in his head. Cause the entire game, like he has it that well memorized. And it's, oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's rare that games have that effect on people, but obviously there's something about dark souls. And I wonder if it's like the level design or if it's just the, how often it inspires multiple playthroughs that, that does that for people. Mm. I think I'm imagine. I think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like it start, from, from what I you were did, saying. Just started a new game in my head and, uh, all right. And that's how I'm dead. Okay, cool. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Talk to Petrus. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, I think the first real wall I hit in dark souls one, and that was the point where I started co-oping as well. And I, I found the game immensely more fun with co-op. Mm hmm. Um, mostly like, and it's not just cause it made it easier or anything like that, but my friend was fresh as well. And there was just a lot of screaming over voice chat. And I, and I think, I think a shared experience is definitely better. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's, it makes you take more risks. It's fun when you go in with somebody that knows about as much as you do, right? Like that where neither one of you are 
uh, carrying the other one through through the game or anything. Mm, I think uh, my first roadblock was the gargoyles. I got stuck there pretty hard. Um, <clears throat> and then I went back to work the next day, because I think I played it over the weekend, and then I went back to work. My friends who I would first heard talking about it, I'm like, oh, I'm stuck. I'm after the gargoyles. Like, I really like it, but I, I keep trying. I suck. And they're like, well, you can't summon because summoning's not, you know, if you summon, you're casual. I'm like, well, I'm not a casual. <laughs> I don't want to be a casual. So I'm like, okay. And so they told me, obviously, the most non-casual thing to do, which is to stock up on about 120 arrows and shoot the Drake's, Drake's tail. Are you? T- so they're making fun <laughs> of you for being casual while they're doing, like, literally the most casual bullshit that I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't even care. Well. Like, I don't even call people casual for that stuff. But, like, to say summoning is bad, but getting the Drake sword that early and using a thousand arrows to, you know, to basically own the game <laughs> isn't, is ridiculous. Like, this, that, the separation from that is so ridiculous. Not to, not to insult your friends or anything. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. They're, they're baddies, confirmed. <laughs> um, one of those friends, I, I don't think he's ever finished a Souls game. I think he's, he's played all three of the Dark Souls and, I don't think he's ever finished one. He likes it, but I just yeah, he just never finishes them. Which is an interesting take in itself to never actually finish a game that you apparently like. It's but, um, and then play the sequels and then the sequel sequels. Yeah, it's it's weird that people do that, but at the same time, I I can also get like because um, I get game fatigue sometimes, not necessarily with the Souls games, but I'll get, you know, Assassin's Creed's are real bad for this. Uh, like Once I get, you know, 25 hours into it and I'll look at the map and there's, you know, 30%, 40% left of the map to uncover, I'm like, well, I don't want to climb that many towers. Like, I'll just play the next one. <laughs> I'll see what else they have yeah. later. So, I can understand <laughs> sure. that, but it's, it's, it is definitely one of those things of like, how can you not finish a Souls game, dog? What are you doing? <laughs> well, I think it's more like, how can you not finish a game and then just jump on the next one? I mean, yeah, you know what? Souls isn't the most accessible game, and if you like it but aren't that good, it's fair enough. That's true. But anyway, so I beat the Gargoyles, and I think from then on, my first playthrough was mostly co-op. It was the most disgusting cookie-cutter build you've ever seen. Uh, I think I... One of the Black Knights dropped their sword, and I'm like, well, this sword has, like, 260 damage, so my Drake sword only has, like, what, 40, 50? Holy shit, this is the best. <laughs> I didn't understand the concept of damage per second or swings or strength or anything, so. Well, I mean, that's a, a just first start playing Dark Souls, like, a lot of those stats and stuff, they just look like meaningless words on a, on a screen. Like, it just does, it looks incomprehensible for the most part. Yeah, I mean... And it makes a lot of sense if you look at it after you've figured it out, but when it's a whole screen full of numbers, you're just like, oh, okay, that's this number goes up when I do this, so maybe that's good. <laughs> These things seem to die faster. <laughs> I think that's good. Um, I'm, so. When did you start uh, kind of picking up the lore of the of the, of the show? Like, I, I don't really like to use that word like that, but like the when did you start kind of grokking the story of, of the game was, was any of that coming through on your first playthrough uh probably not so much the first playthrough i finished the game literally not knowing what the fuck just happened it's pretty much me and my friend co-opted through most of it after yeah after gargoyles we co-opted through most of it um since fortress was rough for us <laughs> <laughs> um 
but yeah, I think we we beat Gwyn. That took ages. I learned to parry actually uh, on my way to Gwyn because I just kept dying and dying and dying and dying and dying. And it's such an easy fight, and I don't know why it ever gave me trouble. But I I learned to parry on the Black Knights on the way. Um, and after I beat him, I was just like, okay, did I just die? <laughs> what? Did you link the fire? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's not the kind of game that kind of implies that you can do anything else unless you're knee deep in the law. Yeah, my it's um, not obvious that you can walk out. My dumb story is, um, I'm one of those people that like if the game tells me, "Hey, the you know the path is on the right," I'll be like, "Okay, well, I have to go explore everything on the left, and then I will come back to go do right." Um, so I was thinking like, "Oh, I'm just going to wander outside and see. Oh, what what is this? Why are the snakes here? What is going on?" <laughs> so, I definitely didn't before Dark Souls. I was definitely like, ain't got no time for no side quest bullshit. Ain't no, got no time for any of that secrets. I just need to need to get through, and I'll come back later. And then I never came back later. And and yeah, I think Dark Souls definitely encourages that because there's so many secrets you can find. Yeah, it's it's when you start realizing um, the thing that would happen to me is I would be talking to people on the internet and they would say something I'd be like what what are you talking about like I didn't I didn't see anything like that like I never saw that dude over there what are you talking about he can he can talk to him there and you start realizing like all of the stuff that you miss right yeah hundred percent I missed so much the first playthrough I don't I don't think we found Ash Lake we didn't we didn't do anything we just like yeah <laughs> do the main bosses and that's it. Um, but yeah, so we finished the first playthrough, had no idea what was going on, and and, I, and from then I'm like, well, I guess we got to read the item descriptions, that's kind of shit, <laughs> what? <laughs> and what soon became my favorite part about the Souls, uh, at first was just like, nah, this is shit. <laughs> How so? so? Oh, having to having to read all the descriptions, and I'm like, oh, there's so many items that I'm sitting through. I'm like, this makes no sense. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what, it. when we got to the DLC, we had no idea what was going on. Like that's, I think that's the point. We started reading on our second playthrough, but I don't think we really understood until the DLC came out because we went back in time and we're like, whoa, this is this is the same forest. This is very similar. This is gonna be the same place. And then like that Artorias cutscene. Um, that was intense the first time around and everyone was all fucked up and we were just like, okay, we need to find out what's actually happening. How did you, how did you guys go about doing that then? Did you hit YouTube up and find the, the, the Quelogs, the EMBs, the bodies of the world? Yeah, I think first, first video I would have watched would have been Epic Name Bro. Um, uh, but I think mostly I watched Quelag. First off, that's that takes me back. <laughs> yeah, I need to. Uh, I looked up her channel the other day. I need to get in contact with her to see if I can get her on the show at some point. She's she was one of my favorite uh, lore people when I was first starting to play Dark Souls. Yeah, for sure. I don't. Oh, I can't even remember any of her videos. I remember that I watched them. I followed her on Tumblr, but I don't actually remember like anything she did. But. <laughs> I know. I know. I followed Epic Name Bro pretty heavily for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even hear Vardy's name until would have been halfway through Dark Souls Two, if not, you know, late Dark Souls Two. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, it's, it sounded like with Dark Souls One, like you're you're doing multiple playthroughs, you're playing with your friends, like you're addicted at this point. 
were you tempted to go back in time and play Demon Souls um, before Dark Souls 2 came out? Or were you just kind of like, okay, that's a PS3, I don't have one of those, so I'm just going to wait till Dark Souls 2 comes out? Um, when did I play Demon Souls? Um, I know I played Demon Souls in anticipation for either Dark Souls 2 or Bloodborne. I guess it would have been Dark Souls 2. Because uh, my friend who I played with actually lent me or sold me at that point. I think he lent it to me first, and then he ended up selling it to me. His PlayStation 3, because I had an Xbox only at the time. And that's that's when I went back. It was many years after. Um, so when did, when did Dark Souls 2 come out? I, I want to say um, 2013. That's got to be the right. Because... Uh... Um, uh, I'd have to I have to find out. I'd have to search it up, but I want to say because I want to say Bloodborne was 2014, and then then Scholar <clears> of the First Sin was right after that. Was a year uh, later. So Dark Souls Two release date was April 2014, so two years later. Oh my god! Um, so I think it was so early old. 2014. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd like had barely finished high school when Dark Souls came out. <laughs> That's <a> terrifying <laughs> thought. Were you uh, were you like following the? <laughs> Or do you do that? Like, do you follow um, trailers and announcements and E3s and things like that? And were you, like, actively paying attention to the Dark Souls 2 trailers and things like that? Yeah, well, it wasn't... We weren't following the E3 live live, because back then it was harder to find, um, especially when you're international and they they usually play that stuff at, like, middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Um, But we definitely caught it, and we got very hyped. I'm pretty sure... uh, What was the song for Dark Souls 2? Uh, that one of the trailer songs, like uh, "Knock Down Again and Again," something like that. Yeah, yeah, they did. They Knock did a couple of weird again ones. Again. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did that Pogue, that one Pogue song too with the. Um, but like they they did a bunch of weird <laughs> Dark Souls two trailers. <laughs> they were a bit obscure. I think it's because they got their popularity, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, hang on, now we actually have to do something that appeals to a mainstream audience," and they, and they tried to do it, but. This was at the time the game trailers were very weird. Like the the Bioshock Infinite trailer, that was awesome but weird. Like they played the Beast of America song. Oh yeah, yeah. There was definitely something about um, like there was definitely some weird like licensed music and like let's let's give this to like a movie trailer company and make it look something that's totally not going to be in the game. It was kind of yeah, bizarre. Fully. And uh, and yeah, I know I we were really hyped. We I had that song as my ringtone because um, you know Polyphonic was lame by then. <laughs> um, only just though. Uh, we I pre-ordered Dark Souls two for my three sixty. I have the the comfy night statue, mm-hmm. the special edition, all that. Uh, what a letdown that was! <laughs> <laughs> I have that dude looking at me right now from the from the table. So, <laughs> uh, mine's in a box somewhere. That was the last time I ever pre-ordered something. I think that ruined pre-orders for me. To be honest, I'm like never again, never again am I pre-ordering a game. That's probably like it's not. It wasn't my last collector's edition, but after that and Dark Souls <clears> three, like I, I'm gonna be real hard pressed to get another collector's edition of a Souls game. Like as much as I'd love the series like I, I don't really need any of that like kind of weird bullshit around it like none of it is is good right <laughs> like just none of it yeah, is, is like I well just, made so no the only thing i ever bought after that that was souls merch related was a uh you know those pop vinyls with the, the stupid eyes mm-hmm. um i hate them i absolutely hate them but then i saw the dark souls one 
um, which at the time was the quote-unquote Red Knight from Dark yeah, Souls 3, because yeah, they didn't have a name. They released it before the game, which is interesting. <clears throat> what do you think the lore and, implication of that Red Knight is? <laughs> what is the lore? <laughs> Tell me the lore. Um, but yeah, so I, I did like, I do like that figure because it doesn't have the stupid eyes. Yeah, yeah, and he just it just says the helmet, right? Like, is that what I'm remembering? Yeah, it? It just, yeah, yeah, just the helmet, which kind of fits, and he's got a little sword, and you know, that's my hashtag on top popular opinion is pop finals uh, garbage. I feel it's like weird as hell. I feel like there's like I feel like that's just an opinion now. I feel like there's just as many people that love this stuff and like uh, collect zillions of them, and as there are the people that just like, why are we making all of this used to plastic <laughs> garbage? We should we should just throw it all away or whatever. So. Yeah, I definitely had a phase where I had collectibles from everything, and you buy those little $2 lucky draw things of, like, some pop culture item. Mm-hmm. Adventure Time or something, you know. Um, I, I, I've got rid of most of them. I have a couple of little things, like my Dark Souls Comfy Night, still in the box, but other than that, I don't Who's got the space? Yeah, I... Um, I, I, I just over the years, I just start weeding out more and more like physical stuff that I own that does nothing but sit there, right? Um, and it's just a lot of it I just don't care about. And then I find myself like being tempted to buy, you know, another little bitty statue or something. And I'm like, well, at least it's small. <laughs> like it's not huge and, and, yeah. and unwieldy. At least it's tiny. Like that's how I justify it to myself, as long as it's kind of tiny. I see some of that Overwatch ones and I'm like, oh, that trace is really cute. And I'm like, no, stop. No. <laughs> yeah, I've got the. Actually, I would. I got the Mercy little Overwatch thing, so I can't say much. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, actually, I um, the late the last thing I bought and the only thing I bought recently or in the last few years is um, you know, in Overwatch they've got these little onion things. I forget their names. Onion things. Um, they're like little. Yeah, they're like little onions with like little faces and stuff. And they're in all the arcades in game. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Overwatch onion. <laughs> they are that patchy Pachamari. Okay, I didn't know that was a the name. For Apparently, okay. the name. And they were having a sale of <clears throat> like a two for one type deal with free shipping. And free shipping is kind of my jam because anything from America usually America usually costs more than the item to ship mm-hmm. to Australia. Um, and yeah, they had one of those and the sombra one, which is like a tentacle, had like a skull face and then tentacles. And I'm like, oh, I can't resist some good tentacles. So I love that. I gotta love some tentacles on it. I, I agree. I'm, um, I'm curious because Dark Souls 2 is such a divisive game among the, the fans of Dark Souls <laughs> 1. Were you, um, what was your experience with that game? Just with the, the kind of mechanical difference, the, the story differences, uh, especially the weird lead up to it where uh, we saw all these trailers of it, you know, looking like this weird lighting engine. And when it came out, obviously that stuff just wasn't there. Um, yeah. Did that, we did, were did that bother really you? Really salty. You were really salty Really about salty. It? Um, and that's the thing. They advertised one thing and then they, they pull, pull it back. And I don't think they properly announced it till after it came out. They're like, oh, yeah, by the way. Uh, they, they couldn't handle the, the The consoles at the time couldn't handle it. So they're like, yeah, the 360 and the, the PS3 kind of can't handle it. So we had to dial it down. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing that irked me 
Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that irks me about those games, but Soul Memory was really weird early on. There was something about that that was a lot stricter. Yeah, that sucked. Um, I still don't think Soul Memory is a, is a really great idea. So, But yeah, I believe Soul Memory early on was 10%. The co-op limit was 10%. And at that point, Souls was kind of a bonding experience with one of, one of my friends. Um, he was a, he is a weird dude. I love him. He's a weird dude. But back early on, and probably still now, he's the kind of person that doesn't let any personal information slip about him. Unless you're really close. So you're like, you know, how was your weekend? Yeah, good. Oh, what'd you get up to? Oh, just family. Like, cool. Great. <laughs> that's that's good. <laughs> that's very specific. Like, yeah, and you just, you'd never slip any kind of information about his, like, his personal life. And not even just even personal stuff. Just, you know, like, what are you doing this afternoon? Oh, I'm, I'm going out. Okay. Okay. At uh, at where? <laughs> just and he just gave you the impression that you couldn't actually ask for specifics. And he was a, he was a cool dude. And you know, and yeah. So when we played Dark Souls, he actually opened up a bit more. He was playing games and he just chatted a bit more. I learned a bit more about him. Um, you know, he was actually turns out he was going through some pretty hard stuff at the time. Um, and that's a lot of why he was cagey about just everything. And, and yeah, so we actually became really close friends uh, over Dark Souls. That was the game we just chatted, and he let little bits more and more out, like little tidbits here and there. I'd find out about him, and yeah. And that was all during Dark Souls too. You guys just kind of bonded while you were going back and forth and helping each other clear the levels and bosses one, and things. One and two, I think. One and two. It mostly happened mostly happened through one. Um, when when Dark Souls two started, we were pretty close. Um, we did a lot of shenanigans in Dark Souls 1, um, mostly with invasions and stuff. So we would bait invasions. We were the original gank squad, basically, <laughs> like with two. But we never just, like, overpower anyone. It was always for, for the lols. So hiding from our invaders was our favorite thing to do. And Analondo is the best place to do it. We found out that you can actually... Those pots up near the broken window, mm-hmm. and just pots in general... If you break them before an invader comes in, it actually cleans up the mess. They don't spawn the mess, like they're broken bits, because they just the game registers that it's not there anymore, so it's not there. And so what that means is chameleon trolling is really easy. Oh yeah, you can. Um, it's it's. I used to do that all the time. I, I used to love love <clears throat> chameleons so much, especially with a really really dumb magic build that could like one shot somebody with crystal soul spear, but couldn't. <laughs> the act, second they popped out. <laughs> yeah, but could not actually fight for or anything. Like couldn't actually win in a one to one. Yeah, that stuff is is great. Did that was you, us. We were really bad. So you guys were real into the PvP trolling and everything. Yeah, and it was just it was kind of like. It, and it wasn't anything like we didn't want to win or anything, but we just we just did dumb shit. Like, I think the most fun we ever had uh, was we hid from invaders. And then was there a ring, a fog ring in Dark Souls 1? Yeah. Fog ring helped. I think the first thing we started doing and the, what got us into it is chameleon. They run past us. They look everywhere. We both be pots. They run past us. They run down the stairs. They go back towards the elevator, which we'd always left down. And then my friend would jump out because he always played strength and I played dex. And he 
would pop out with the dragon great bow and just knock them off the edge as soon as they walk towards it. <laughs> and that was our whole gig. So I'd spend the time, we'd spend the time like creating like, tw- like huge elaborate patterns on the very edge and drop items like on the edge, like with the, with the prism stones. And then we'd just drop poop and broken straight swords. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But before that, uh, sometimes eventually we'd have an elaborate trail where we'd have like humanity Tidenat Shard, Tidenat Shard, and then there's like a big group right near the edge, and it's just all poop. <laughs> and and we just sit there, and I'd, I'd watch closer, and I'm like, okay, now, and he'd just like sh- pop out, shoot him with the dragon great bow, knock him off the edge, God. and then we'd just both, and I'd run to the edge and go, well, what is it, you know? <laughs> there's something immensely satisfying about doing that. I had a I had an invader that was just camped in sins and that was literally all i would ever do is just hang out in sins fortress and try to knock people off with the with, off of ledges with like the dragon grapo um i didn't even i didn't have the strength to actually use it so it would do literally no damage to them like it would just knock them over like that was it but that's all that matters <laughs> yeah that, that was the good part um that's awesome I, I, that's what some of my favorite stuff in, in dark souls one is are those kind of stories can definitely do a lot of more ridiculous things in Dark Souls 1 than the other games. And I think that's what, in Dark Souls 2, that's what bothered us the most, was because of the the PvP, ti- uh, the co-op timer. It oh, was, yeah. I forgot about that timer where you eventually just re- despawn out. That, that sucked. I hated that. Yeah. And each enemy the Phantom kills lowers it by, I think, about 15 to 30 seconds. Which meant you had a limit of about 20 to 25 things you could kill as a phantom before you were just like pretty much gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the, the solution is phantom does the damage, host gets the final kill. <laughs> I never thought and about that workaround. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah it only seemed to trigger when you got the kill, whatever triggered the soul. Interesting. Um, and that's why Dark Souls 2 bothered us a lot, I think, is because we would just explore and just do random stuff, um, all as, you know, all co-op. At the time, that was that was a thing. And, you know, we, we like playing. I, I, I don't think I ever started playing by myself until Bloodborne, to be honest. Well, Demon's Souls, I guess. Mm-hmm. I had to play by myself. Demon's Souls was the first game I kind of had to do by myself. Um, and that was Demon Souls is rough. Did you play uh, Demon Souls in between Dark Souls Two and Bloodborne? I I think that must have been it. What um, I, I, what was it like going back with the <clears throat> like to the very original with some of the quality of life stuff shaved off, and then like just the the overall weirdness of of Demon Souls, especially if you're in Australia, like you you guys have like siloed servers down there, so you're basically playing a solo game for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't get any co-op or PvP experience. I think I got invaded twice for a game, and that's it. Um, I The only problem I had with the game was the, the, the clunkiness of it. It just felt slow in reaction time. I liked the items. I liked the upgrade systems. Um, all kind of made enough sense. Um, I think the biggest problem I had was the flying fucking stingrays. Uh, in four two or four three, yeah. Oh shit, I forgot they had that name in convention. Um, yeah, in one of those worlds, and they had the flying stingrays on the ledges as well. I I think 
that was my biggest stop in Demon Souls was that one ledge before the boss. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. With all the and fucking just, skeletons on it, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's yep, weird. and just flying freaking harpoons. Yeah, that's it's it's not fun. I think it's weird because when I think back to that, I think about how great that is. Like just how insane <laughs> like that we had these like we you walked into an area and all of a sudden there's just eels flying all around shooting harpoons at you. Um but it is you, incredibly rude. <laughs> it's incredibly rude. But when you actually play it, like it's a lot harder to play than I think that uh that, that I remember it being. Like I remember breezing through there, but I watch other people play Demon Souls for the first time and I'm like, yeah, they're that this is exactly what I remember doing, which is dying again and again and again. I think eventually I just figured out the pattern, like how long it was between hits, and you just roll instinct- instinctively, like once or twice, just around that time. But also, you know, as an Australian, our our most beloved icon was killed by a stingray, so you know it, it touched home for me. <laughs> you were trying to get some revenge. Trying to get some revenge on the motherfucking stingrays. <laughs> <laughs> Were you able to finish Demon Soul solo? <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I uh, had no idea what the fuck was happening. I was like, what? I was a demon? They were a demon? Everyone's a demon. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was just reminded of that, that Doom meme, like, no, John, we are the demons. <laughs> you you are the demons. <laughs> what was... Uh, so. did, did, like, did, were you seeking out stuff for that, too? Like, were you looking online for stories and for, for videos about Demon Souls? Or were, were you just kind of mm. like, I don't know what the fuck this is, and, like, moving on? I think it was just a box to tick for me at the time. Uh, I've gone back and I've played it through and I, to understand the lore and stuff. I think after Bloodborne. Um, and, yeah, I, I've gone through again, but the first time it was just a ticker box. You know, there was game number three was coming out, and I needed to, to do number one well let's let's talk about bloodborne for a little while because i know it's one of your favorite if not your favorite souls games and it's definitely one of mine um it's my jam and i want to say the the first time that i ever encountered you on the internet because we've been we've been friends for a little while now on the internet um the first time i found you on the internet you had a you had photoshopped a bloodborne loading screen onto a wii u <laughs> gamepad oh uh, it was it was actually demon souls, was it demon yes. souls okay well maybe it not. was demon yeah. souls <laughs> but i just remember that being like the funniest thing ever just imagining trying to play uh demon souls on that awful wii u gamepad and thinking how hilarious that was so that actually came about i was at a, a D um game and we needed some sound a soundtrack just like some background music, and that's what they used at the time for YouTube was the Wii, the Wii U, and I was like, okay, you know, whatever, Demon Souls, because I was thinking of my favorite song from that is the, the the Maiden Astria, Astria, mm-hmm. and I, I absolutely love that song, and I went to put that on, and because it's the Demon Souls at OST, it just has the thing, and I just looked at it, and I'm like, well, this kind of looks like I'm playing on the thing, so I'm like, oh, that's funny. Post blew up. <laughs> So. <laughs> that's really interesting but let's let's talk so, about bloodborne I, I thought that was a bloodborne loading screen but um did you number one first off like because it sounded like at this time you were um or maybe not maybe you didn't mention this but like did you buy a playstation 4 specifically for bloodborne yes yes i definitely did <laughs> um my friend had already got one um because he was the playstation fan i was the xbox fan um but yeah, I'm like, well, fuck it, I'll get a, I'll get a PlayStation. It it took me a while to decide, and I was like, oh, should I, shouldn't I? 
And the trailers were just so hype. And I was like, okay, we gotta. I'm like, I can't miss out on this co-op experience with my friend. Yeah, I, I was, honestly, probably the main thing I didn't want to miss out on at the time. I want to fast forward a bit to just because I've been talking about my friend. Sure. Um, I didn't end up playing too much Bloodborne with him. Um, I think just life changes at the time. He'd moved to Brisbane. Um, actually, that is the main reason I, I decided to buy the PlayStation because I wanted to keep that friendship. He'd moved away um, to just to a capital city where I'm very north part of Australia and this is like halfway down it's only an hour and a half's flight but it's like a Australia is really big so it's like the distance between I don't know New York and Texas yeah it's 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 thousands of miles right (laughs) it's an 18 hour drive yeah that's about right much so you know I bought the game for him and fast forward to the future I actually was a bridesmaid at his wedding well that's so, extremely you know, nice yeah we bonded he was a cagey antisocial dude and we bonded over duck souls and i was at his wedding in the wedding party so i really like that uh dark souls is bringing people together <laughs> like in that kind of way like <laughs> I, um as funny as it is to say like i've met a lot of people obviously with this podcast but way before this podcast i, I met a lot of people just strictly through souls that I would consider some of the best friends in my life now. So, <clears throat> I think it's that whole mentality of um, like troops in the trench. You go through <laughs> hell together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, it is a uh, it is a fact, a chemical fact, biological fact that trauma bonds harder than anything else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and Dark Souls is pretty traumatic. Dark Souls Two is especially traumatic, but not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will say that Scholar of the First Sin is probably better than Dark Souls 3. Um, they really did a good job with it. They fixed up a lot of problems. Um, still not great, but Dark Souls 3 wasn't great either. I, I I do not rank Dark Souls 2 like the original vanilla series at all anymore. It's not even... doesn't exist. <laughs> Scholar of the First Sin... Yeah, it might as well not, because I mean... You- if pretty much every version you get, even the quote unquote vanilla version on 360 and PS3 got patched, got a scholar of the first sin patch, right? Like it doesn't have some of the stuff, but they, they included a lot of the changes that they, they did in the, the Xbox one and PS4 versions. <clears throat> yeah. 100%. Um, so yes, that's, that's the power of Bloodborne. <laughs> what was and it? Um, I was actually, sorry, real quick. Mm-mm. Um, at my friend's wedding, I felt especially honored because they broke the usual, you know, you get the, the girls on the right side and the, the dudes on the left. Mm-hmm. I was actually part of his his party, so which is a lot more common these days, but I did feel especially privileged to, to be on his side of the party. Like, they broke, you know, tradition and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we had lots of funny names for me, like the, <laughs> the, gro- the groom's bride and the... <laughs> Uh, I think there was like a something of honor joke too that was pretty good, <laughs> like a best man of honor or something. The, yeah, I think I think we stroke out best gal because that has other implications. But gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, um, Bloodborne. 
fast forward us back to Bloodborne. Yeah. So what was it? What was it like um, going through Bloodborne for the first time? Obviously, the the setting is dramatically different than stuff that we had played before, and the the mechanics are dramatically different. Did you? I remember going through going into Bloodborne thinking that this was going to be the first game that was going to be easy for me because I had so much Souls experience. And <laughs> being uh, that wrong. was me as well. <laughs> <laughs> Narrator's voice, and he couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> um, I actually had, I have really vivid memories of the first time I played Bloodborne. I was so hyped, started it up, hit play, made a character, awesome, this is going to be great. And then the silence, and then and another minute passed, and then a minute and a half, and the game finally loaded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bloodborne on Bloodborne was, did not have great loading times. It was. I remember the um, the Twitch page when it first came out. It would just be uh, it would just be like a screen of the Bloodborne logo because everyone's <clears throat> Twitch would automatically just like generate the thumbnail because that's what was you saw the most <laughs> which I thought yeah. was really funny yeah and uh, they didn't have the, the item tips or anything I had patched all that in I later. guess and look I'll, I'll say that I'll say this now um, so I don't segue later but Bloodborne as much as it is my favorite game Sony Sony bought Sony uh, hired from to make a game to be their flagship title to, to ship with the PS4, they were paid to do a job, and they did. And then, you know, they were paid to make main game and two DLCs, and that's what they did. Um, and there's there's a lot of problems with it. There's a lot of problems with the game. Balance-wise, there's a lot of problems with the game. Just random floating buildings in the sky problems. Um, you know, we've all seen, I think K stream that. Father, Father Guacamole getting hit through the floor. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we've all seen, you know, enemies become non-hostile. Um, you know, it's not a polished game. It is a great game, but it could have used six months' worth of patching and updates and all that. But unfortunately, they were paid to make a game, and after that, they're like, all right, we're done. We're back to Dark Souls 3. We got ourselves a free Dark Souls 3 engine. Good to go. What uh, like did it take you a while to get into Bloodborne? Just with the the differences in combat, or when I started playing Bloodborne, I actually had one hell of a fever. I was sick for a week and a half. Oh, that is not the way to start playing that game. <laughs> no, I barely knew where I was, let alone what was happening around me and on a video game. Um, I spent I think six hours before I even found the cleric beast. Which makes sense if I was a new Souls player, but I, I'd already finished Demon Souls and Dark Souls, and like 500 hours in Dark Souls at least, and Dark Souls 2 as well. <clears throat> and it kicked my ass. I don't have anything else to say about my first experience other than it kicked my ass. <laughs> did you like the? Did you prefer the setting? Did you like it more or less than the the kind of medieval fantasy stuff that Souls have been doing up up until that point? I I really like. They're both kind of my jam. In my in my younger days, I was like a super goth. Yeah, you know, black hair, the spikes, the PVC 
everything. Yes, yes. I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be hitting you up for some pictures of young Caitlin all, all gothed up. It's so <laughs> <long>. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think I deleted a lot of them. <laughs> fluoro near fluoro skirts and fishnets everywhere. So, so yeah, the Victorian era theme was definitely my jam. And I was really excited. Um, I also am a really big baby when it comes to horror. Um, I I tried to play Amnesia. Like I think I've got 26 minutes in that, and that's about nine attempts of trying to play it. Mm-hmm. Getting about four minutes in and go, you know what? Fuck this shit. I am out. <laughs> and it's not even scary. I don't even find anything scary in that game. It's the suspense. I hate it. I cannot play a game with that much suspense. I am just too scared. Uh, just the tension, the the build up of tension just gets to you. I I think I think it's just the expecting something horrific to happen constantly. I just I'm not good with the movies. I can do some movies, um, like I think the scariest movies I've ever watched are Saw. Okay, that's not scary. That's just like gore. Yeah, <clears throat> and still I'm at the back of my chair, <laughs> behind the couch with the puppies. <laughs> so. The first time a wolf jumped out at me, <laughs> those dog even the dogs scared me. Like I was terrified of this game. I was like inch by inch and no shield. I was terrified and I did not have a shield. I'm like, what is this shit? <laughs> what is this fresh hell? Are you still um a, like are you still do you still get that feeling from Bloodborne when you play it now? Because I know like for as much as I've played the game, it, there's still moments in it. And there's still some very creepy moments. Like I think about when you get kidnapped and you go to uh, Yarhurgul early. Like that whole vibe that is traumatic. Is, is very is very scary to me. Yeah, getting bagged is traumatic. Um, I think I get spooked by a potential. Still, um, I run around Cathedral Ward. Is it Cathedral Ward? Yeah, um, or Odeon Chapel. I think just mm-hmm. outside of there, where I think you have to have over 10 insight or have done certain things for the bag snatcher guy to rock up. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure every time I walk past that, even if it's a fresh game, I give that a one hell of a wide berth. I just like <laughs> circle around to the left and then back up the stairs. I, I definitely do get scared by Bloodborne still. Um, chalices? <laughs> no, nah, I just run. I just run, mostly. Most of my chalice diving, if it's a new chalice I'm not used to, I just run through it. Find a corner and then turn around. I'm like, okay, what did I? What what's following me? Uh, I got no time for that bullshit. Are you? Did you get? Did you play the chalices when you when the game released? Because I know you've been playing them a little bit recently. But did you get into them like early on, or are you just not going back to? Them? Not at all. Um, I think I made the first one, maybe towards the end of the game before the DLC, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is weird. It was too scary. I couldn't do it. <laughs> this is too much. It's <laughs> spooky. I am very much not of that attitude anymore. I currently love the chalices more than the main game. Um, I have this thing because I've always PvP'd and I've always done co-op. So I physically have trouble putting my souls and my resources into levels because the higher level you get, the more opportunity invaders have to be min-maxed even higher mm-hmm. and one-shot you and just kill you and just wreck you. <clears throat> so my instinctively, and this happens in other games now too, and I just feel weird. Like even in Zelda, I've been playing Breath of the Wild, 
I feel weird, like, doing content. Like, I'm like, there's a shrine there. Oh, I don't want to get any hearts. I don't want to, I don't want to do the shrine. I want to go, go try, try to do something hard first to get the reward to make the easy stuff easier. <laughs> but I'll do the hard stuff as hard as it possibly can be. Yeah, and you're not going to do a bunch of no easy sense. stuff to make the hard stuff, like, manageable. <laughs> no, that would make no sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just the mentality I've got from Bloodborne and other games. Um, so, yeah, my... These days, I've run through on Bloodborne involves me rushing the Bloodstarved Beast, putting only uh, levels into Vitality and Endurance. Um, and I'll tell you why I put a lot of points into Vitality in a minute. Um... And I, 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 get, I grab the saw spear, I want to say, okay. from the sewers, um, and I level that up a bit. Um, <clears throat> but I, I don't put any points into dex or strength or anything. Um, it's kind of like a, I create like a blank character and then decide what I want to do much later because there's so few weapons in Bloodborne that there's no point really starting with strength. Or, or magic or whatever you want to do I don't see the point yeah you're not going to get those weapons till like 20 hours in when I do when I do new runs nowadays I do exactly the same thing like I, I don't really level up strength or skill until I decide to I'm going to pick up a weapon and um, in a lot of cases I've actually just I've done builds where I have uh, I did this before the DLC where I just cleared out a bunch of stuff and then just leveled up vitality and endurance and I was like okay I'm going to go find a DLC weapon and then I'll start leveling up strength and skill if I like that weapon. Like I had two of those ready to go on the DLC, right? So I could I could find my strength and my skill. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I found the. Um, I, I want to say it was the uh, the world gig, the whirly gig, and it was like, okay, well this this is my new weapon <laughs> forever and ever and ever, <laughs> and this is it. <laughs> so. Hey, there are some big pizzas out there that just need cutting. That absolutely. That's still one of my favorite weapons in, in that game. Like <laughs> I, I love the weapon design of of Bloodborne so much. That was one thing that was. Uh, and I'm curious if you felt the same way that was so jarring going from Bloodborne to Dark Souls 3 is that the, even though there are fewer weapons in Bloodborne, like there's so much more interesting to use than I think everything in Dark Souls 3. I think my, my experience with that was the same, but from the opposite way, there is 126 weapons in Dark Souls 2, if I remember correctly. Um, all with similar swing sets, but different. There's over a hundred weapons in Dark Souls 2. And then I went from that to Dark Souls to Bloodborne, and it's like, where the fuck is any weapon ever? <laughs> yeah, that was I a little bit of an adjustment period, too. I started with the threaded cane, and I think I kept it till the Nightmare, and I found something in the Nightmare that I kind of used for a bit, or something around that point. But I didn't find any weapons until, or any dex weapons until, yeah, almost finished the game. Yeah, there's... there's- that was one one of the things that disappointed me in Bloodborne coming from Dark Souls 2 is that um, I wasn't so much concerned with the weapons, but the uh, just the straight-up like armor that you would find. Like I remember getting into the forest and going, like, where is my fashion? Where do I find more stuff to put on my body? Like I'm, I, want, I want something different than this hunter outfit that I started with. I think Bloodborne is what got me into fashion souls, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think I was too concerned with much of it before then, except if it was a meme, like, you know, Mask of the Father, Mask of the Child, something like that. Um, unless it was come kind of meme, I didn't really... I, I picked what was best. I picked what gave me the most defense, but still let me not fat roll. 
for the most part. But Bloodborne kind of forces you to fashion souls. The stat difference between the armor is negligible. You can try and improve it a bit, like you can get more poison resist or more fire resist for this little bit or this boss, but there's honestly no point. Like, it might help you survive on one HP once or twice here and there, so if you're really struggling, maybe, but fashion souls is definitely more important. That's the most form. important thing in any Souls game, <laughs> is fashion Souls. As I've come to learn, fashion is much more important than anything else. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I So yeah, I co-opted my first playthrough on Bloodborne. Um, I believe I killed one of the bosses by myself. Um, wasn't anything special, it was just like Father Guacamole or something like that. Um I think, yeah, I, I, I think I, I did the Cleric Beast and Big Daddy G uh, by myself, and then after that, my friend got on and we co-opt, because um, it was the weekend and I was playing through the week because I was home, so that's why I managed to do some solo stuff. Um, I had the most problems with the Bloodborne final boss. Um, well, German, I should say. I had the most problems... I've ever had with any boss in the Soul series. Because, <clears throat> again, because I PvP'd a lot, um, and this is before I was actually good at PvP, so I never put points into Vitality. And it, and it was just the culture, as you, as you heard, like, my friend had a very, like, casual culture, like, oh, don't be a casual, you know, get good. And most of it was in jest or mocking, like, you know, just as a joke. But we never put points into Vitality at all, because that's a casual stat. And if you're good at the game, <laughs> you, don't need you just don't get hit. You don't get hit, exactly. <laughs> Only scrubs get hit. That's a fact. Come on, guys. I made this Everyone joke. I this. made that literal joke yesterday because uh, I was messing with Chris because uh, um, Chris is my co-host on Monster of the Week for those out there that may not know. Um, but uh, Chris had a lot of trouble in his recent playthrough to get through the uh, archers in Dark Souls 1. And uh, I happened to get there yesterday when I was killing some time, and I just I literally did it on the first try. I just like ran up, parried the dude, <laughs> killed him, and so I'd like put the video up, and I was like, "Chris, this is how you you know get past the archers or whatever." Just kind of messing with him a little bit. And Brian was like, "I, I see you've got those sweet vitality stacks." And I'm like, "Yeah, I do, but like I didn't need them. I didn't get hit." <laughs> so, <laughs> look, you can't die if you don't get hit. One hundred percent. Um, so it's a useless stat. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, like resistance, right? Or luck. Exactly, pretty much. But here's the thing. I <clears throat> I finished, and that because of my aversion to levels, don't ask me why, <laughs> I have an aversion to levels that I cannot help. I finished the game, I think I was level... F- I think I, f- I figured it out the other day. I went back and looked at some a screenshot. It was, I think I was 58. Or 60, between 58 and 62, uh, when I first beat Bloodborne, which arguably is quite low. Um, yeah, that's, that's had, pretty low in, in comparison. I think I had maybe 36 to 40 skill, but I only had 15, 12, 14, 15 vitality, um, which means that most of Gurman's attacks left me at 10% HP and any of his specials or any attack after he upgraded or was two-handing his scythe killed me instantly. So back then you could only have 99 blood vials on you at a time as well 
which I don't mind the blood file mechanic. I think they, it works fine. Um, this, if, as long as you manage manage it and don't abuse abuse your heals, your ability to heal. But I get three solid, three or four solid attempts at the boss, and then I have to go fuck off and farm. Like I have to go to the nightmare mantis and kill some pigs and stuff, mm-hmm. and it just ruined my momentum. Like if you're stuck on a boss, you just got to keep hitting it again and again and again. But when you're forced to go do something else and come back, and then you instantly die, you're like, are you kidding me? It's um years and years later, I still wonder about the justification for not having blood vials respawn or at least not having some small amount of blood vials respawn. Like it just seems like it's a, it just, it's such a antithesis of what the first two games and the first three games, or I guess demon souls, you had to go grind for, for items, but they seemed a lot more plentiful for some reason. I don't know. I I just don't understand that, that design decision at all. Well, I personally think you should have a base of maybe five blood vials. Yeah, maybe three, even one really like, um, like they let you do that whole thing with the bullets, so they get away with that. But um, I think it's because Sony ordered a game that was hard. They like give us a game that makes people angry, and they're like, okay, let's make people angry. And, and I think that had a lot to do with it. I think what Sony wanted for their flagship game had a lot of influence into Bloodborne and some of the design decisions. But they wanted they had they had heard that uh, Dark Souls was hard, right? So they wanted yeah. they wanted a hard game to. They heard that Dark Souls was the Dark Souls of Dark Souls, so they wanted the Dark Souls of PS4 games. So, because <laughs> <clears throat> the Dark Souls of the CEO of CEOs uh, <laughs> wanted the Dark Souls of the PS4, so they ordered the Dark Souls of. Yeah. Oh God! So, uh, that that one think... Twitter account's going crazy listening to this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't use the word triggered lightly, but that guy's triggered right now. He's listening <laughs> to this. Um, and yeah, so anyway, back to German. I spent days, days, um, maybe two solid weekends, um, and like most afternoons in between trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't level up because that would be the smart thing to do. I put my souls that I earned into blood vials and nothing else. Um, when when he upgrades himself, he does that whole that power up, like that anime protagonist power up, um, which is why I've my friend and I have conveniently nicknamed him Kirito, because he is just like a bullshit anime protagonist who can just do dumb shit for no reason. <laughs> um, so yeah, for ages, I still sometimes accidentally refer to Goman as Kirito, and people are like, "What?" <laughs> like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> He does that whole power up, and then he starts being able to fly. Like mm-hmm. he just jumps up in the air and starts shooting like laser beams at you and whatnot. And, like this is just a dude. Like, come on, <laughs> how can he fly? Well, even the um, even that arena, right? Like when you go out there and you're on the field <clears throat> with the giant tree and it's filled with flowers. Like, oh, I know that beautiful. I know I know a lot of people talk about that being like a a Metal Gear thing. And I'm not a I'm not a huge Metal Gear guy, so I don't. I, I've seen the scene. I know why it looks similar or whatever. But to me, it's like a very dramatic you know setting and it's it does look kind of like it's what i associate with what i don't like saying things looking like a, like they're anime but it's what i associate with like a anime dramatic fight right it's it's pretty anime like <laughs> if if i if i went in there and freezer was there and i wouldn't be surprised like <laughs> broly or something 
because um, he does those Dragon Ball Z power-ups. Like, he gets mad and he starts going, you know, he starts glowing with blue light. He might as well have that Dragon Ball Z that's just, 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 just <laughs> going around him. And then he even throws out command waves at you. He starts throwing those big laser beams at you as well. Uh, I'm curious, uh, looking back... And I want to I want to skip over a little bit of Dark Souls three because um, it's just it's just Dark Souls three. But did did going through all of these Souls games, did playing these Souls games with your friends, like did that change the way that you approach other games, or or change the way that you feel about games in general at all? I pretty much. This is going to sound like a bad thing, but I didn't really play any video games anymore after two thousand twelve. Um, I only picked up a handful of games. I picked up. Uh, Bioshock Infinite, Dishonored, uh, other than Souls games, um, look through my library here, um, I stopped playing Assassin's Creed games, I stopped playing Borderlands. <laughs> Dark Souls um, ruined gaming for you, is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I hate, I hate to join in on the trope, but honestly, nothing gave me quite the satisfaction or the adrenaline rush. You know, those endorphins that you get after being angry at bullshit smelter demons for nine hours straight. And and finally getting it, you scream, you throw your controller, you punch a hole in the wall, <laughs> probably. Um, not me, probably. Um, you know, that level of endorphins that you get from destroying a boss that has been kicking your ass for days or hours is just is unmatched by anything. I'm um I'm curious. We're we're in kind of a weird time with From Software games because they they just recently announced the remaster of Dark Souls One that's coming to uh, the Switch and Xbox and PS4 now, uh, and they've obviously put out that 12 second teaser for Shadows Die Twice, uh, which could be anything from Bloodborne Two to a whole new IP to Tenchu Five or you know depending on who you talk to that could be, literally be anything at this point. Um, but I'm curious from your personal opinion, like where would you want to see from software go? Like if you, if you were the director or if you could whisper Miyazaki's ear at this point and say like, Hey, do this. Like what, what would you want Are you to see? you implying that I'm not? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't know much about your personal life, Galen. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, they don't, they don't call me cause for nothing. Uh, Miyazaki is my orphan. Okay. And okay. I love him. And <laughs> He's your sweet baby boy. My sweet baby boy. Um, I read in an interview that Miyazaki kind of wanted to to go elsewhere, and he was talking about mechs and stuff. And then I just audibly cringed because I I can't get on board with mech stuff. I can't like Evangelion all that stuff. How do you fall in love with a robot? Come on, not to kink shame anyone, but I can't get into mechs. Um, and he mentioned something about doing a sci-fi themed one, and I've just since latched on to the idea of space souls. Space Souls. So give me your pitch for Space Souls. So, the year is 2077. (laughs) (laughs) I did not realize you would have this much of a pitch put together. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'll just delete this paragraph, this paragraph. (laughs) Is three pages too long for Don't Give Up Skeletons? Because I have a script here. Let Um, me, uh, why don't you link (laughs) me and I'll put it in the show notes and people can read it if they'd like to. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. I don't know. I was just imagining kind of like laser swords. I know. I mean, not not in a in a Star Wars kind of way, but you know, just kind of laser swords and she like you'd have shields, I'd imagine, but you'd probably have guns of some kind. 
like Bloodborne managed to do guns well without making them overpowered. Mm-hmm. Um, just tech, I reckon, be cool. Did you play the Surge? Sure. Because I know that that's kind of the the game that people go to for that kind of thing. No, I just I can't play a lot of games that aren't Dark Souls. <laughs> I've only <laughs> only in the last year or so have I actually started to play video games regularly that aren't Souls. Um, I picked up Hollow Knight. It's fantastic. Which I know some um, people I say think. is like a 2D Souls. Like it has a lot of inspiration from the Souls games from what I understand. I haven't played it myself. I think it definitely does. Um, what I love about it most is its storytelling. It's quiet. It's atmospheric. And much like the Souls, they kind of just give you bits by bits. Um, and you kind of have to figure things out by talking to NPCs and reading the signs that are like broken on the ground and stuff like that. There's even like glowy... Um, like in Bloodborne, there's like glowy bits of lore mm-hmm. out of the middle of nowhere there's even stuff like that um have you played uh momodora no but i've seen i saw jake lionheart play it which is his stream mm-hmm. um and i watched uh, a youtuber that i kind of like he's an australian dude i found him recently fuck knows um and he he had a, a, a playthrough of that and i really liked it as well yeah, that's. But I um, feel like a very similar thing that you're talking about with the kind of quiet storytelling. Yeah, I feel like I've experienced all it has to offer, though. As far as like, I, I watched most through most of the game. I don't really have a desire to play it because 2D platformers aren't even really my thing. But. Gotcha. Well, Caitlin, uh, we are we are out of time for today, but I wanted to say thank you so much for staying up kind of late on your Friday night and podcasting with me. This is extremely cool uh people that have been following both of us on twitter probably know that i've been trying to get you on this podcast for a while so thank you very very much for guesting yeah no worries at all thanks for having me where can people find you on the internet should they choose to do so uh i'm pretty much mostly just active on twitter um at or some say cosm and that's yeah pretty much it cool well thank you again this was this has been a delight no worries thank you as always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That has all the links to the social media that this, the podcast is on, including Instagram, where I post up very short preview videos of each and every episode. Thank you, everybody who's been uh, leaving iTunes reviews. We've gotten some really nice ones, and those, that's really, really sweet. Uh, thank you, everyone who's pledged to the Patreon at patreon.com slash don'tgiveupskeleton. That's also very, very, very much appreciated. But most importantly, thank all of you for just listening to the podcast. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. Uh, that's it. We'll see you back next week. And remember, don't give up, skeleton. I missed it. And don't give up, skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> I snuck you. I snuck you in there at the, at the very last minute. Damn it. <laughs> I was going to do a bit like, and I'm Chris Berger. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I'm <talking about> <laughs>